Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and we are continuing right along with Women's History Month. But even more than that, it was also International Women's Day on Monday, which I love. I mean, it's not possible for one day to encompass all of what it means to be a woman, to empower all women, support each other, recognize our impact, etc. But it is an opportunity to come together. And it's a little bit of positivity too, which is great. But in reality, we're all doing this all the time every day, and it's what this show is about at the end of the day. So thank you for listening and supporting. And in that spirit, just some reminders for the show and other ways you can support is to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball, that's B-L-E-A-V, and subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube too so you can watch the episodes as well. So let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases, share some news and updates, then we'll head into today's interview with Taylor Gindelsberger. So she's a Stanford outfielder who's had and is still having, actually, quite the journey. And I got to give love to my alma mater while we're at it. I mean, duh. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, our new segment where we share tips to help us get better in softball and as people. So let's do it. Covering our bases. Let me tell you, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It really is. I mean, the NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest as BetOnline is the spot for all your bracketology needs. And BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds as well. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Win-win. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. While it might be March Madness for basketball, there's a little madness in college softball as well right now. Lots of upsets this past weekend. And by the way, a lot of games are being played on Monday as well. Some, even some midweek games. So keep an eye out for those. You know, softball doesn't stop on Sundays, just FYI. But for the coaches poll, at least at the time, this past weekend, number two, Arizona, Number three, Alabama, number five, Florida, and number seven, Texas, all suffered their first losses of the season. So the Wildcats lost to UCF, Crimson Tide lost to South Alabama, the Gators lost to Florida State, and the Longhorns lost to LSU twice. And to me, this really hits on a couple things. To me, parity means growth. Maybe some of these games are less of an upset and more of a sign that talent is more dispersed throughout the country. That's a good thing. More talent, more opportunity, more competition. That grows the game and only breeds more talent, more opportunity, and more competition. And that's what we want. So I like that part. 
At the same time, it also shows something that I think we should know already, but that rankings are not the end all be all. Honestly, players aren't thinking about that. They're trying to play and they're trying to win. They're not up to bat thinking, you know, I really want to get a hit right here to move my team up in the rankings. Ultimately, the only rankings that matter are the final ones at the end of the season in Oklahoma City, and they all know it. So we should really think of rankings as guidelines, you know, as a helpful baseline, but not definitive at all. And there are multiple lists of rankings anyway. They don't all match. There are different methods to come up to a final list. There's a lot of complicated factors that go into it. For example, look at UCF. They beat the number two team in the country and they fall from number 22 to number 24 in the NFCA coaches poll. While Arizona, meanwhile, the ones that they beat stay at number two. Like on the surface, that doesn't seem right, you know, but it also depends on the other games UCF played. You know, they also lost to Kennesaw State, whereas Arizona lost to UCF themselves, which is a ranked opponent. It also depends on how other teams did. LSU beat Texas not once, but twice, right? And they move up. And some other teams didn't play at all. So it's kind of hard to gauge to change where they might be. But you can easily just continue to go down this rabbit hole, which could be fun for fans, but it's just not a priority for teams. So at the end of the day, the game doesn't know who's supposed to win. You have to show up and execute every game, every inning, every pitch, play like it's your last. And the people that know that better than most are the Olympic softball teams. The pre-Olympic stand beside her tour for Team USA has resumed and they took the field for the first time since the tour was postponed about a year ago when the COVID-19 pandemic hit hard. And the US is ranked number one internationally right now and playing a series this week against number five ranked Mexico. So the first game, it came out and the US beat Mexico four to two. But honestly, I think the real wins for both teams were one, being back on the field playing, like that's, that's really what it's about. Two, wearing those uniforms, representing their countries on their chests. Like that's such the special X factor that just makes this so much bigger, right? And then three, doing it together as teammates, like the people that you qualified with and that you're doing this with, they matter, you know, like it, it, it's really what takes you over the top. And, and they've all waited a really long time for this. And I'm grateful to have had a lot of players on both teams actually on this show, sharing their journeys, their hopes, what they're learning, you know, all of this blood, sweat, and tears like put into what will ultimately maybe be six games in one competition at the Olympics. It's crazy, but you know, that's what you do when you love it. But I'm just so happy for them and to see this in motion again. And I recommend actually following some past guests and friends, you know, Daniel Laurie, Victoria Hayward, Kat Osterman, Monica Abbott, Sachel Palacios, Daniel O'Toole, Tori Vidalis, Erica Pioncastelli, and more, you know, so many more have been on the show too, but it's, they are really sharing their journey on social media and it's pretty powerful. Like this is not a normal situation. The Olympics are, are special and next level enough as it is, let alone with what we've been dealing with for the past year. So I definitely recommend following their, their stories and their journeys. But just a couple of reminders too, you know, it's like, I kind of think we've all been a little hesitant to bring up the Olympics too much because we just weren't sure, like, were we going to be able to do it? You know, last year was so tough, but just reminders, the Olympics are just four months or so away. The games start July 23rd and they end on August 8th. There are six teams who qualified and will be going. Obviously the U.S. and Mexico, 
Canada, Italy, Australia, and then of course the host country, Japan. So we're still in the middle of this road to Tokyo, but we're getting there. And someone else who's in the middle of her playing journey is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is the current Stanford center fielder, Taylor Gindelsberger. Thank you for joining Taylor. It's nice to chat with you kind of away from the field for once. Yeah, this is an interesting new environment, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> oh, I bet. I mean, it's been an interesting new environment for about a year now, I would say. And it's been about that long since I've seen you and been able to call your games and on the Stanford softball broadcast and all of that. So with all that being said, why don't we just start with how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm super excited about softball being back. Um, Coach Alistair talks about all the time. It's been 348 days since we've played a game or between our games. So it was a long time and I definitely felt that. Oh man, trust me, everybody watching the games also felt that, <laughs> but I can't even imagine, you know, being in your situation. It's, it's crazy. But with, with that, it's what has life been like for you since last season ended? I mean, give me the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know? It's been strange, honestly. Um, selfishly, I kind of re remember being very upset about obviously this season ending and um, the pandemic. I was happy with how I was doing softball wise. And then all of a sudden it was just kind of, the rug was just swept out from underneath my feet. So that was, that was something interesting to deal with. But um, I feel like after that, me and the rest of my teammates just kind of kept rolling with the punches. We were hoping to go back in fall. Um, that didn't happen. We were hoping to go back at the start of winter quarter and a few of us were able to, but most of us had to come back um, a couple weeks in. So it was, it was kind of difficult trying to stay ready for almost a whole year at home in Arizona um, during a pandemic. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it's not a normal situation. Like not at all. That is very clear. And yeah, you mentioned, so you're from Arizona, so that's where you were. And your teammates were all scattered throughout the country, right? Like back with their families too. Yeah. Um, we were kind of all over the place. There was a time in fall quarter when some of us were in Colorado together, um, trying to practice and work out with, um, with teammates so we didn't have to do it alone at our homes, um, which that was a nice kind of break from home, I guess. Um, it was nice being able to be with the team again and lifting in some sort of team environment. Um, but yeah, for the most part, everyone's spent most of their time all across the country. That's pretty, pretty crazy. I feel like, I mean, you must have been on Zoom a lot with your teammates. Like, how did you guys kind of stay together as a team, you know, and like keep in touch and kind of still feel like you're a team, you know? Yeah, we had weekly Zooms um, with the coaches and all the players. So that was one way that we kept in touch. Um, it was hard, honestly, not seeing everyone for so long. I felt like it was such an awesome reunion when we all got back to campus and we could um, stand 
10 feet apart and wave at each other. That was pretty nice. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was kind of tough. We were all kind of, everyone was dealing with their own things, whether it be family, school, whatnot. So um, Zoom was definitely the, <laughs> the main form of communication. Oh, for sure. And with school, like fast forward to now, like you're in school too. Well, actually you were in the fall, obviously in the winter too, but what is it like now that you're back? Like you're on campus, but school's obviously different. How is it like for you day to day? It's strange, honestly. It's awesome to be back. I'm so grateful that I'm able to be on campus because it's just such an awesome environment. Um, And I, oh my gosh, I missed it so much, but it's, it's still strange not being able to bike to class. Um, that was usually how I would have like a nice break between all the, the schoolwork going on is um, that ability to kind of be outside, ride my bike to class, walk around. Now I'm just kind of sitting in a chair for hours on end. So um, that's definitely different. <laughs> I miss being able to walk around main quad and whatnot, but it is what it is. Yeah, I feel like that's the theme, right? Like everything, it's just, it is what it is. Roll with the punches, like <laughs> much we can't control. Honestly. But I think I read that you are a huge fan of The Office. Is that right? I do love The Office. I was very sad when they took it off of Netflix. <laughs> I know, like Friends and some other shows have been taken off Netflix too, but I'm so are you able to watch The Office like while you're not studying while you're not playing softball like what do you watch now that you know you have so much well sort of have downtime in between those things yeah um so I've gotten into New Girl that's that's my new jam because that's on Netflix um I try to sneak in a few minutes of that at the end of my day but you know here and there when I can yeah, that's a good one. I like that show too. Um, did I also see correctly? Were you doing Uber Eats delivery like while you were at home during the pandemic? Yes, I was. How did that happen? Um, well, so when everyone got sent home in spring, um, I think a lot of people's summer plans kind of got discarded. Um, so I, I didn't really have anything lined up and I was like, oh, this is a, a good opportunity to make some money, do something with my day, something a little bit productive and hopefully help some people who either can't leave their house or maybe just don't want to. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it was a nice way to, I don't know, add some sort of structure or leave my house, honestly. That's true. I guess you can't leave your house very much other than doing something like that, like essential tasks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's like quite the turnaround. I mean, you go from, you know, doing Uber Eats delivery in Arizona and now you're back on the field competing with your teammates on campus. Like what a 180 that you <laughs> kind of dealt with. Honestly, we made it a long way. How has it been actually being back competing with your teammates? Obviously you said like the reunion to see everybody on campus was great, but now that you've had games, like how has that been? 
It's awesome. It adds a little bit of normalcy back to this crazy time. It's definitely strange not having fans there though. Yeah. I think the fans are, they obviously bring a lot of energy to the stadium and it's just fun. Um, but it's still awesome, even though we can't have fans and it's um, just a, a couple people up there, but it's definitely great to be back on the field and back with my teammates and I don't know, putting in work every single day. It's fun. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like over this last year, so many of us, we've learned a lot, right? Like as a society, you know, um, but for you and for your team, like, what do you feel like is the biggest thing you've learned personally, but also that you've learned as a team? I personally, I think I learned um, just how much softball means to me. It was, it was very tough not being able to, to be around it anymore. And especially um, missing my teammates. That was, that was very tough being away from them for so long. So um, yeah, I've, I think all of us have kind of grown a new option for just being able to, to show up on the field and have Stanford across our chests and play softball. Um, we're very lucky to be here. And I think that this pandemic has really showed us that um, nothing is guaranteed. You know, you have to kind of appreciate the little things as Coach Alistair would say. I know, and she did say too, that she was just really proud of you guys because I mean, this was not easy. To be honest, I've been really impressed with you guys overall, just having good pitching, good defense, good hitting. Like it's hard enough to get all those things to click at once, you know, in a normal situation let alone after everything that you guys have dealt with. And I think she said that you guys just really want to play softball. Like you want to be there together. And I think that's really showing on the field, which is really cool. Um, so it's, it's cool to hear you talk about it too. Cause I definitely have seen it while you guys have played. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely also a testament to um, the work that people put in on their own, which is, it, it was awesome to, feel comfortable and like confident in my teammates and know that they could do it because they did work hard on their own. Well, that's a lot of trust that you have to have in each other. Definitely. One thing with you in particular too, that I've noticed. So having had the privilege to call your games over, this will now be year three, even though last year was a weird one. Um, I've loved your growth as a player. You know, if we go back to the beginning of your career, I remember doing a post-game interview with you actually early in the season last year. And I asked you what the mental change was like from your freshman year in 2019 to your sophomore year at the time. And you were like, oh my gosh, it's huge, right? And I feel like you've taken that over now into this season too. So what was it that kind of flipped the switch for you? Um, there's, there's a lot of things. There's one distinct moment I remember at the end of my freshman year, um, me and a couple other teammates did grad crew where we, 
um, stay on campus a few extra days, get paid to set up for graduation. And so campus was pretty empty. Um, and I remember being in main quad and just kind of standing there and being like, dang, like I, I took so much for granted. Like I'm in this awesome place and I was worrying so much over like this specific at bat that I didn't get on. So I, I think I kind of learned that um, it's, it's not always gonna be easy. Like you have to grow an appreciation for the things you can control and just, um, just having an appreciation, I guess. Um, that was a very long-winded answer. Um, I learned that I definitely need to um, have confidence and the mental, the mental game is huge. Um, failure will kick you down and you have to be able to kind of grow a little bit within each at bat, within each like pitch um, because it's a game of failure. And if you expect to bat a thousand, it's, you're just going to be disappointed. So, um, confidence is a huge thing and just understanding what you need to work on to get better. I can so relate to everything you're saying. And this is why I want to talk to you about this too, because you went from, I mean, you know this, but just for the listeners, you hit 167 your freshman year. Then last year you led the team hitting 402. And that sort of adjustment, it's not like that was like only physical, right? Like that sort of jump like that. It's, it's so much bigger than that. And I was actually similar. I had a similar experience my freshman year. Like I overanalyzed every at bat, like worried about the outcomes before anything even happens, like all kinds of stuff like that. And I actually, I hit 169 my freshman year. And that, and when I saw your stats, I was like, oh, wow, this is like definitely hits home for me. Um, but then, you know, I kind of did the same thing as you, like just started taking one, one pitch at a time, you know, and kind of soaking it all in instead of, I don't know, living in the future or the past. And then senior year, I hit 331. And it, it, it's, I can so relate to this journey of like really taking a look at yourself and just mentally and like letting go a little bit. It's like, actually, we need to think less, <laughs> you know, like, let's not think this much. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. But when now when you're actually up to bat, like, or you're walking up to bat, even making your plan for your at bat, whatever it is, like, what actually are you thinking about now? Like, how would you describe your approach at the plate and even just competing overall? So there are definitely a few things that I think are always important for me to remember. And it's um, mechanical to stay in my back leg, to um, let the ball travel, see it out and whatnot. But I think one of the most important things for me is honestly um, just to breathe. And usually when I'm on deck, I'll um, remind myself of how good of a hitter I am. I'll be like, all right, I envision me squaring this ball up like um I think I've really worked on having confidence going up to the plate so I I really try not to 
think too much about all the nitpicky like technical things um, as I'm walking up to the plate and instead just kind of relax you got this it's just softball like you know how you know how to swing you know how to swing well like just swing hard and I don't know let what happens happen it's a really good point about what we say to ourselves because like, like we've already said it's so much of it's mental but we you know everyone we talk to ourselves like whether we kind of consciously are aware of it or not like we our thoughts do shape what we do so telling yourself like I can do this like you have to believe that you can do something you know for it to actually happen so I love hearing that like you're like yeah yeah there's a couple mechanical things but really like this is what actually helps me <laughs> you know yeah I find that if I think too much about the technical things I end up kind of getting too tense and um a little too worked up and that's just not very productive for me totally I don't know if it's productive for anybody <laughs> but it's good that you've kind of like figured that out you know because that takes time like to figure yourself out as a hitter like you only have four years in college some people continue to play you know in pro afterwards and stuff but you're, you're young like there's still lots of stuff that you're you're learning so it's good that you've learned it early yeah, very thankful. Very thankful for that freshman year. Taught me a lot. Absolutely. And in that freshman year, like, let's talk about the program, right? Like, that was the first time Stanford softball went to postseason in six years. So it was really this, like, turnaround year for Stanford softball overall. And as an alum, like, I have to tell you, I was like, Yes. Like, I am so excited about this, you know, especially calling your games too, but even just as a fan and somebody who's invested in the program, what was the atmosphere among the team like and the coaching staff when you came in? So when we were my class, when we were freshmen, um, we didn't know what to expect. We were just, I don't know. Yay. Like, this is awesome. So when we we did make it to postseason. Um, that was, it was really cool, but I don't think we understood just how amazing it was. And so we could, we could really kind of feed off of the excitement and energy from the upperclassmen um, to, to like truly understand how awesome it was that we had made it. And starting in the beginning of the season, um, I think there was this common atmosphere of um, grit, I guess. I, I think that's the word I'd use, just, just plain grittiness. Um, like we wanted it, like we wanted, we wanted to be everyone. Um, no matter what would happen, we would kind of try to play scrappy and make our way out of whatever situation. Um, yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, grit, I know for a fact is one of coach Al's like go to words. Like it's just like a coach Alism. So I don't know if I've ever told you this, but she was actually my <laughs> coach my freshman year and recruited me to Stanford. So I know her pretty well. And I can like, as you were saying that I was like, I can hear the words coming from her. <laughs> That's so funny. 
Oh man. I love that. That's like lasted over time too. Always. (laughs) Always. What are some other like coach Al isms and things that she always tells you guys? One of the main ones that stuck with me is um, the importance of having a positive highlight reel. Um, So remembering, remembering the good at bats, the good um, pitches rather than, oh, last at bat, I um, grounded out to third. Instead, kind of reframing it like I swung at good pitches, I swung hard, like um, remembering the positive things and not beating yourself up about it. She would always say this in like huddles and whatnot, um, reminding us to have a positive highlight reel and kind of give me a little look like Taylor. I really like that. I actually, I don't remember that one from before. Maybe, I mean, it's been a while. So she probably <laughs> come up with new material, but that's a great one, even just for life. Like if you're about to go take a test, like let's not worry about the last test was so hard. Like, let's just remember when you did well on a test or whatever it is, like in anything in life. I I like that. I think I'm going to start using that. (laughs) That's great. I mean, like you said earlier, the mental side is so huge. It's really important to remember yourself as a good player. Cause if you think of yourself as a bad player, like that's really not going to do anything for you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I feel like in general too, you guys have like a little different vibe, like maybe a little more swag, like than than maybe a few years ago too. Like even your playlist at the games, like in the stadium, you guys have like Lizzo playing and like all this like like hip music. We had like Sweet Caroline, you know, which is like fine, but not exactly Lizzo. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Who does the playlist? I need to know. Um. So I have to give a lot of credit to Emily Young and Kate Cressy. I think they contributed quite a bit. (laughs) We all kind of, we all had the option to throw some songs in there on the Excel spreadsheet, but I think, I think they, they added a lot of those. (laughs) I love it. And you guys, speaking of music, you also have walk-up songs, which we did not have. We all used to like talk about what ours would be, but we just, we didn't have them in my day. Now you guys do. How do you guys go about picking those? Like, how did you come and land on yours? Um, so here's the thing. It's all about, it's all about the vibe. It's just got to match your vibe. So some people go for the really hype ones. Um, me personally, I needed something that like, I enjoyed listening to that would like kind of it would get me hype but not not too crazy because um we all know that I need to kind of relax before I get up to bat so mine mine's a little bit more chill um I I just searched through some playlists that um that I had made of like songs that I liked and I was I came across that one and I was like, that's the vibe. I'm choosing that one. Wait, remind me which, which one is yours? It's La La Land, RK remix. Nice. I, I received a little bit of hate because um, it's about California and I'm from Arizona, but it's okay. I've, I've claimed California now. I was going to say you're, you're here. What? Like, well, normally in a non-COVID situation, 
months out of 12 in a year. That's, yeah. It's fine. Definitely. And you're an upperclassman, so it's not like you're a freshman, like, coming in. Like, yeah, no, I've, I've been here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a junior now. You can do what you want. <laughs> One thing I have to ask you, too, is kind of speaking of the PA system, like, it's not just music, right? They also announced the lineups and the names of everybody on the teams. Now, I'm somebody whose last name people usually don't pronounce correctly, and they always kind of, like, double take it. I have to ask you, is that something that you've had to deal with, too? Definitely. <laughs> um, our first tournament freshman year, it was the Kajikawa ASU, and they called me Grindelper. Like, I don't even know what the last few syllables were, but it was Grindel Pierre or something like that. So from then on, Coach Merchant um, now just calls me Grindel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone everyone always kind of does this awkward pause. They'll be like, number 25, Taylor. Grindelper. <laughs> it really just fades out, but that's okay. I've gotten used to it. But the thing is, is like, your name is phonetic, you know? Yeah. Like, like a few extra, you know, there's a few extra syllables maybe like compared to some people, but it's phonetic. Like I didn't have an issue with it when I first started calling your games, like your freshman year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it just intimidates people. I guess it's a little too long, but it is phonetic. Like it's said exactly how it should be. It's not like it has a silent G somewhere, but I don't know. It's it's scary, I guess. They just see letters and they're like, oh no. Exactly. Mine is not really phonetic. Like Vicera, I've been called some weird stuff too though. Like I remember, I think this was like way back in like rec ball tryouts. So I was a little kid, but I remember somebody being like, Jenna Bakeru. What? Like, okay. We didn't even try. <laughs> you know, there was no effort put into that. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if it's the coach's handwriting, but. Mm, that's a good point. But to be, to be honest, like in the press box, we get like printed out rosters and stuff too. So it's not always. Oh. Yeah. I just never mind. Under the bus, but oh well. <laughs> not trying to blame Coach Alistair's handwriting or anything, but. Yeah. I know it's all her fault. <laughs> Have you seen the movie, um, The Rookie? baseball movie before I think I've seen parts of it I don't think I've seen the whole thing yeah it's this like maybe listeners will know but it's this like young kid who like breaks his arm and like magically throws really hard so he ends up being like a pitcher in major league baseball um but I think his last name is like Rowan Gardner or something and it's like a joke throughout the whole movie that the coach says something different every time like it's never correct he'll be like Rowan splatter or whatever like every time and when I first saw your name I did kind of think of that just because like I can I can kind of relate to you so <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard life it, man right champagne problems <laughs> <laughs> truly but you're not the only one who's probably dealt with that your brother played college baseball right he did did he kind of have, is he a big reason why you started playing softball? 
Like, did he have a big influence on you? He did. Um, I, he's 13, no, whoa, he's 11 years older than me. Um, <laughs> I forgot how to count for a second. So he's 11 years older. And um, I kind of wish that I had maybe paid attention a little more or like maybe um, was a little, maybe the age gap was a little closer together, if that makes sense. Um, because when he was playing baseball, I was too young um, to sort of care. But looking back on it now, I, I would have really enjoyed um, like going to the games and actually being able to pay attention and watch. But um, I have a lot of videos on our old uh, video camera thingy of me and him playing catch together and I'm like six or something. So I definitely think that he is the reason why I got involved in softball and um, his support throughout has also been huge. Like after bad games or after good games, um, I'll always get a text from him like, hey, like, great job, or, like, oh, that was, that was tough, but I'm always here if you want to give me a call, and I usually end up talking to him for quite a bit afterwards. That's awesome. I have a brother that's 10 years older than me, too. Um, he never was, like, super into baseball. He likes it, but he was more of a basketball guy, but the big brother thing with, like, them being protective and supportive and all that stuff is like definitely really, really cool. And the fact that you guys actually share like baseball and softball is even cooler. I, uh, I used to feel like I got bullied quite a bit when I was younger. So now I'm glad that we're, we're pretty close friends. Well, to be fair, that is another aspect of a sibling relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that's like outside the norm. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but then your parents must be like like are they obviously like a baseball player son and now like a softball player daughter do they just like are they all about it <laughs> like they just love going to games yeah so my older my two older brothers are actually my half brothers um but yeah my parents absolutely love baseball and softball um during the pandemic and those that 10 month hiatus um they were they didn't know what to do with themselves I was convinced they were about to go watch some like I don't know club games somewhere just because they missed watching sports so badly um yeah it's definitely been a huge part of our family that's so cool. You and I have more in common than I even realized. So my older brother, I mentioned also my half brother. Um, and it makes sense because the age gap, right? Like, so this, this actually makes a lot of sense, but I, it's funny because we have the same dad, different moms. And so I call him my brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are your brothers on your mom's side or dad's side? My mom's. Okay. So not, not quite the same. <laughs> yeah, but pretty, pretty darn close. Brothers with the same mother? maybe I don't know <laughs> that's that that's also like kind of a unique relationship too like it, it's cool because you have some shared experiences but also some on your own and it's blended families are you know that's like life today um 
And I, I don't know about you, but I became an aunt when I was like 17 because of the age difference. So I have a niece and I have a nephew who's now six also. Um, but is that, are you a young aunt too, by chance? No, unfortunately, I am not an aunt yet. Well, I will say whenever the day comes, it's the best. Like I can just tell you now, you have like all the advantages, like all the love, all the fun and the playing and everything, but you have no responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) And and like grandparents are kind of like that too, but like grandparents kind of paid their dues. You know what I mean? Like they, they had their kids, they raised them already. And so it's like, we don't do any of that. We just, (laughs) it's right in our lap you know it's awesome so are you the fun aunt is that what I'm hearing that's what I like to think yeah (laughs) yeah I'm the youngest aunt too so I just like yeah like when my um niece nephew and brother and sister-in-law came to visit like my niece wanted to stay with me and I was like yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) that's right but she's like she's gonna be 14 this year which is wild um it's it's makes me feel really old but um so I'm like on the cusp of like I might not be cool for very much longer you know we'll see that's awesome so that's what you have to look forward to (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well other than maybe like your brother and some of the family dynamics and everything what else about softball was really drew you in that made you say like yes this is this is for me this is my sport well, I, I'm not sure. I remember thinking that it was the funnest sport because there's so many aspects to it. It has a lot of range, I guess. Um, there's hitting, fielding, pitching. And within each of those, there's a lot of different um, skill sets. So I, I think that's what I really liked about it. It was so interesting and it wasn't like you were ever doing the same thing over and over um running back and forth which um I think I also probably just didn't enjoy the running part of that but (laughs) yeah I loved all the different aspects of softball and it's always kind of different and there's always new situations well and you're fast too but you didn't like but you don't like running like constantly no yeah that's my thing um I can do I can do short sprints for a little bit I enjoy those um like little spurts of action but yeah I I don't think I would have been cut out for the long distance stuff (laughs) you're like I can do 60 feet at a time and we're good yeah like if you want me to sprint from like one end of the soccer field to the other like one time, I'll do that. But I don't know about running back and forth. Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that. And you're right, softball does have so many different aspects. Like if you think about it, like football, for example, which like, you know, is more of a men's sport, although there are some women now playing, which is cool. But it's like you either play offense or defense usually. And with softball, it's like, I never really thought about it, but it's like, no, we, we all do that. Like we all play both both you know unless some pitchers don't or whatever but there's it's definitely like a a skilled sport it's not something where you can just like oh let's just do a pickup fast pitch game you know like at the local park (laughs) 
exactly yeah there's there's so much that goes into it and definitely definitely why the mental part of it is so tough you have so many different areas to succeed or fail in oh yeah but like I said it so far you guys are doing well in kind of like all of those areas you know or you feel it seems like you all have a rhythm like I said in the circle at the plate like on defense which is great and really hard to do when it's been so long but when you look forward to kind of the rest of the season what are you hoping to get out of it as a team whether those are wins or just some intangible stuff um well the goal is to make it to Oklahoma City um I think we we have a lot of very good players and a lot of depth, which is awesome. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of um, how it all plays out. I obviously, I think the, the goal is to win. I think um, it's awesome to, be, awesome to be back with each other. And um, we love being back obviously, but winning is is the main goal and I think we can with um the players that we have depth is right too I mean and that's one thing about this season too having the eligibility stuff kind of change because of last year so you have like your super seniors like your grandmas (laughs) yeah I'm sure they love being called that But even like like I can't tell you the last time I saw somebody transfer to Stanford. That is so rare. So even having like Eleni Sparakis like join your team after being at Santa Clara for undergrad is like is like not the norm, you know. So but I guess there's two parts to this question. It's like how is it having those seniors back with their leadership, but also like, yes, having the depth, how has that changed the team dynamic? Yeah, it's it's awesome having the seniors back. I think um, obviously it was really sad when they sort of got cheated out of um, a season last year. Um, so I'm very glad that they were able to come back and our team is a lot better because of it. They're all very good leaders on the field and off the field um, and awesome people to go to if you ever need advice. So I, I think they just contribute a lot to the the team dynamic and the team atmosphere um so it's like I said it's awesome that they're back and the depth is a great thing and coach Alistair says this a lot is um depth is awesome but we we have to let it be great we have to um we have to want what's best for the team and like um be ready in situations where you'll be needed because, and she says this also, it's going to take everybody. Um, There are going to be times when we need a pinch hitter, pinch runner. And um, I think everyone is kind of fighting for those spots and um, we all want to contribute to the team in the best way for the team. so it's, it's always kind of tough with softball, having half of the team on the field and half off. But I think our team dynamic is very strong and we're all very supportive. Um, 
which I'm very grateful for. And um, hopefully we kind of keep passing that down to the freshmen and the incoming freshmen next year that um, were like the theme of the pandemic, we're stronger together. So um, kind of having that attitude and supporting one another. Totally. Like that part's so mental too. Like you're competing on the field against your opponent together, but there's a little bit of competition to, you know, fill a spot on the team, but you're right. At the end of the day, it's like, you all have the same goal. You all want to go to Oklahoma city. You all want to win. Like, you all want to do it together. So that's a great mentality to have. Yeah. Well, I want to wrap up with a little game that I play with everybody that comes on the show. Uh, it's called Safer Out. And it's really straightforward. It's like, I'll bring something up, a topic. And if you like it or agree with it, then you'll say safe. Um, if you don't like it, you don't agree with it, then you'll call it out. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, so now we'll start. I heard from your teammates about the meat lovers scramble in the dining hall. Safe or out? Personally out. Really? Why? Um, I'm a <laughs> long story. I can't eat eggs. <laughs> oh, okay. Otherwise, otherwise, otherwise safe. Yeah. It looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can eat eggs, but I actually don't really like eggs anymore. What? Weird taste buds change. Interesting. Yeah. But I was chatting with your teammates, um, Elena Vodder earlier, and she was like all about it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not much of a meat eater, but whatever. And I think Emily Young said she liked it too. So I was like, I got to ask Taylor this. <laughs> oh yeah. It's definitely a fan favorite. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Love it. Um, okay. So that's the first one. Second one is, um, wearing the protective shields on your throwing arm as a lefty hitter, safer out. Oh, safe, safe for sure. Yeah. Have you always done that? Yes. And it's gotten to the point where if I don't have it, I, I don't know. I just, I can't go to bat without it. <laughs> Yeah. I just feel like I'm missing part of my arm, you know? <laughs> well, it's like your routine. Yeah. Like everybody has, you know, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Last one is superstitions. Safer out. Safe. Okay. What are some of yours? Um, so... I usually have my hair braided. There always has to be some sort of braid. There always has to be a ribbon. Um, I also have this little gnome. It's, it's a wooden gnome <laughs> found in the ark, which is like our tutoring center um, my freshman year. And it's, it's just been with me since then. So no, his name's Nomi. Nomi has to be around. Um, and sorry, there's a large list apparently and between each pitch in the outfield I have to I have to kind of pace around so I'll I'll turn around walk back and then kind of make a little circle and come back to where I was and um I usually have some sort of pattern 
based on the like right behind, like turn right around or I'll start walking to the side, if that makes any sense at all. No, I get it. You like follow a certain like route every time. Yeah, yeah. So if if um, the pitch is just getting everyone out, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. But yeah. that's good. <laughs> otherwise, I might need to switch it up. No, that's solid. I I used to have some superstitions too. Like I had to wear a red headband, and uh, even before Stanford, like I just happened to only have a red headband one day, and then I played really well. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm wearing. <laughs> My school colors were blue and orange, by the way, but I just did it. Um, and then it worked at Stanford, obviously it matched. So I was like, cool, we're good. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, I know. I also heard, um, so Tatum told me that she only ties her shoes once at the beginning of the season and like won't untie them ever again, like her cleats and her turf. Did, were you aware of this? So I was not. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would, the heel of my shoe would be destroyed if I ever did that. She, she said I, it. Props like, to take them out. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's, that's commitment. But I don't know. Everyone always has their. Dedication their... for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Taylor. This was fun. I mean, I, I love, you know, as an alum, getting to know you guys. I mean, I call your games, but getting to chat with you guys off the field more and like get to know more about you as people and your story and all of that is, is really cool. So thank you for joining the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I will, I mean, I'll see you this weekend for more games. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. It's nice getting to hear from Taylor about her experience playing at Stanford. You know, in some ways it's like, I played at the same program, on the same field, even with the same coach for a little bit. So some things about the game are really always the same. But in other ways, the game does evolve over time too. And we talk about how it's a game of adjustments. The game itself does that too. And especially with everything that's happened over the last year with COVID-19 and everything else, it's so good to hear her perspective on it and see what players are dealing with now. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about this. Consistency is key. You know, my first job out of college was at LinkedIn which by the way, athletes highly recommend that you make a LinkedIn profile, especially if you're in college. It's just a great way to build your professional brand that's gonna take you you know, from your playing career and beyond. So first thing, definitely recommend doing that. Ask me for pointers if you need them. But what they did as a company internally really well is they did a great job of defining things. So you know, they didn't just like ingrain our company values in us, just this list, right, as new hires they actually explain to us like what are values like let's define what values are and why they're important so to this day i could still list them all off to you there's six members first relationships matter be open honest and constructive take intelligent risks demand excellence and act like an owner i think those honestly i use them to this day and i think they apply to sports too but the reason that I think I'm still able to remember those so easily is because of that shared consistent definition of values that we use throughout the company. You know, we all agreed that values were 
who we are and who we aspire to be. So not only were the actual values themselves consistent, but so is the definition and the importance behind them. And we're talking like, you know, over 10,000 people globally at this company in 25 plus offices around the world, right? Like when I say consistency, it's, it's really huge. And one of my favorite definitions that we had was actually about trust. And you can look up the word trust in the dictionary and it'll mention something about like reliability. And that, that's definitely true. But how does one actually become reliable? And at LinkedIn, we said that trust equals consistency over time. And I love that because it really shows that consistency is key. It's what coaches look for from a player, what players look for from coaches in terms of support and teaching. It's what teammates look for from each other. And it's what you even seek when you're choosing a college program to play for. You know, there's so many ways that we need that. We all want trust and its foundation is consistency. But I'm not just talking about the outcomes, you know, the batting average, for example. Definitely a helpful measure, but it doesn't tell the entire story. You can hit a line drive right at somebody and it's an out in the scorebook. Or you can get totally jammed and frankly beat by the pitcher, barely bloop a base hit into the outfield, and it all evens out, right? Like that's why we call it a batting average. The key is really consistency in your approach. We've talked about this before. You can't control what pitches are thrown to you or where the defense is playing, but you can control your approach on every single pitch. If you're consistent in hitting the ball hard in play, even if you go 0 for 3, you and your coach know that you're on that ball and that the good stuff is coming. It gets on the way. For example, I remember senior year, we played the Oregon State series at home during Pac-12 conference play. And I actually hit grand slams in back-to-back -back games on Saturday and Sunday. And it was actually, it was the same pitcher, same pitch even, it was a screwball to me, a righty. And I hit it to the same spot over the left field wall. And, you know, my coaches and teammates are going nuts, like back-to-back -back grand slams. Like that seems like consistency, doesn't it? But in some ways, I was actually even more proud of my next at bat after that. You know, after home runs, sometimes it's easy for us to swing out of our shoes a little bit, maybe overdo it. We, we get a little too excited. And in my next at bat, you know, it was a different pitcher by then. She threw me a curveball on the outer half this time, which probably a smart at that point, mix it up a little. And I hit a line shot like deep to right field, but it was caught. They were playing deep. I was out. But I felt pretty good about it because I was consistent in my approach. I didn't overswing. I stayed calm. I still had my timing. I made the adjustment to the location. I hit the ball hard in play. And I actually distinctly remember my coaches telling me after that at bat, like, hey, great job, JB, like add a girl. And, and it might seem kind of weird because I got out, you know, but it was the consistency I was able to bring that I could build on. And, and that's really, really a mental thing. And to this day, I see actually Stanford's now head coach, Jessica Alistair, clapping and like nodding her head when players hit the ball hard, even if they get out. And it's for that reason. Again, it's not just the outcome, it's the approach. That's what's promising. That's what builds trust. I mean, it's the same thing in life. If we see time and time again, that a friend of ours tries to do the right thing, is there for us. That makes them reliable and helps build trust. So that's it. Consistency is key. That's the foul tip of the week.
You've been listening to Believe in Softball, available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. Subscribe and watch the video version on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button on all the platforms, actually, while you're at it. Rate the show, write a review, share it with your friends. Of course, again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, B-L-E-A-V. As always, you can hit me up on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra as well. Thanks for being with us today and catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 